Hello and welcome to the first edition of a podcast that I'm trying out here called The Casual and the Diehards. And you may think, wow, that's one of the stupidest podcast names I've ever come across. And, and you'd be right. I come up with pretty dumb podcast names. I mean, the End Zone Podcast, Pioneer Pigskin, all very basic, you know, generic white dude podcast names. But that's what I got for you. Uh, this is an NBA podcast. We've done some NBA podcasting here before, uh, but where this is born out of is the Jazz, the team I root for, are going to suck this year just so badly. And for my actual paying job, I have to pay attention to the Jazz. But also for my actual paying job, I don't get to like talk about the jazz so I'm, I'm more of a behind the scenes guy so i need an excuse to occasionally talk about what's happening in the nba and i just thought it would be fun to get some friends together and do that and practice my hosting skills so therefore the casual and the diehards i am the casual eric jensen welcome to this first episode of the podcast let's start with some introductions here back on the podcast good friend of the pod been here many times before is audrey nations welcome to uh welcome to this new venture we're gonna try this at first every 10 games ish and then we might pick up a little bit more when football season ends but Audrey, thank you so much for dedicating a little bit of your time to my silly podcast adventures. Uh, I appreciate you being here. It's great to be here, Eric. And it uh, it seems like every time you have me on the podcast, it's a new iteration of something. I, I've heard the words, the very first episode of, like, come out your mouth just about every time I've come on this podcast. So I'm glad to be a part of the beginnings of so many projects that don't go anywhere. This one hopefully will go somewhere. I'm getting a logo cooked up. We are recording this on October 10th. So if something catastrophic in the NBA happens uh, within the next week, please forgive us. It's October 10th, but I'm going to put this out when I have that logo ready to go. Also joining me, another good friend, a man that was once my quote unquote boss, if you will, uh, and a, a good man who who's who, who took an ethics class with me who's just uh you know one of the most entertaining basketball uh talkers i've i've heard he speaks with passion about the subject it is ethan pierce of the uh, utah daily chronicle ethan welcome to uh this really uh flawed venture thank you eric it's good to be here um, you know, it, it's gotta, it's gotta keep me, keep my mind sharp watching the jazz this year. Cause they're not going to be very good. We got to find some interesting stuff to pull out of the, the jazz's, uh, ventures this season. So good yeah, thing I'm so, not a fan of them. Cause you know, yeah. that would be a really tough life. Absolutely. And this <laughs> is not going to really be a jazz podcast. It's going to be more about what's going on, <laughs> right? The biggest stories right now in the NBA but a man who I know will be tracking the jazz closely as he's he's not a fan of the fan base sometimes, but he's he's locked into the team and is one of the bigger jazz fans I know, whether he'll admit it or not. Good friend of the program back, Aramis Hicks. How you doing, Aramis? Man, I'm all right. I'm having a good day, I guess. Just here to talk about basketball with some lovely people, except for you, Eric. So let's get started. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, let's just jump right in. We want to keep this as listenable as possible. So we're just going to go around the horn. We've done this before with several iterations, so we don't need to get in depth here, but just the teams we root for. Uh, first, I will start. I'm a Utah Jazz fan. Audrey, if you want to jump in next. Yep, uh, I'm a Spurs fan, uh, first and foremost, and then also a Suns and a Jazz fan. And before anyone comes after me for that, I have a legitimate and valid stake to all three of those locations. But those are my teams. Can't confirm. Uh, Ethan? Well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in a good spot when it comes to the rest of you because uh, go, go, uh, go Golden State Warriors, man. Defending NBA champions, looking to make that one back-to-back. Um, and, and again, I'll give a disclaimer before any of you come at me for being a Warriors fan in Utah. My dad is from the Bay area. 
And I've been cheering for the Warriors for as long as I can remember, even before the first title. So not a bandwagon here. Now, I don't want to view, I don't know if you want to be talking so high and mighty all of a sudden after uh, the, all the video of the Draymond yeah. punch this week. I don't, They're They're I don't know what's worse. I don't know. I don't know. It's not a big deal. What's worse, <laughs> Draymond punching his teammate or his form as he did the little jump punch that he did? I know. I think he that closed his eyes. I think, I think everyone's against Draymond right now. Nobody's on his side. So. And I think less people would be against him if he had actually thrown a good punch. But Interesting. Interesting takes <laughs> emerging already. Aramis. You're, you're, of course, a, a, a tortured Jazz fan, but you also picked another bad team to root for as, as the other team you like, and, and that is uh, the Orlando Magic. So that, Hey, man, that's fun. The, the Magic were a great bet in 2009, and then I just stuck with them, so. <sighs> oh, well. Oh, well. Go, oh, well, indeed. All right. Let's skip favorite player of all time. And let's just get to this season. And let's start the NBA more than, I would say, any league in the entire country is a player league. And what I mean by that is these franchises are not driven by, oh, look at the storied history of like, a team like the Los Angeles Lakers or the Boston Celtics, they do have storied histories. Don't get me wrong. But what really drives the conversation, what gets people hot in the pants, what p- brings people to the show is players, NBA players. So I've got to ask, and I'll start with you, Aramis, who is your favorite current NBA player? Well, my favorite player this season, the last few, is um, Jimmy Butler. I love what he's been able to do in the playoffs. I love the little run that he had in the bubble and also uh, three away from going to the finals this last year. So I'm riding it down with him. All right. Audrey? Man, sorry, I'm still just reeling, Eric. You have such a way with words. <laughs> You're just fascinating. I don't know. I, it's hard to pick an individual player. Um, I think, honestly – and this is like a, a very unpopular answer. I, I got to love Devin Booker as my favorite player this year. A man just does not care. He does not take any, any criticism or critique. He just does his own shit for better or worse. Ethan? I have long been a fan of the, uh, the illustrious Clay Thompson. It was, it was a rough couple of years when he was out for two and a half seasons with those injuries, but he's back now better than ever. But I got to say, uh, Jordan Poole is quickly coming for that crown. Oh. One of my dudes right there. They better extend him this week. If they don't, they're going to regret that forever. All right. I, uh, I'll go basic, fast and easy. I, I love Giannis. Giannis is just my dude. Just, just tall, lanky, athletic. Best player in the world. Like great at basketball and most notably not LeBron James. Let's go around and talk about one player that we hate. I, Aramis, we don't have time to get into this right now, but I do not like LeBron James just as an entity. I'm not a fan. Uh, I've decided to be one of those people that is a hater of LeBron James. I'm a Lakers hater. I'm a LeBron hater. I just want to get that out in the public early. People are going to clown me for it. I get it. But if okay, how did part- you manage to do that less subtly than Skip Bayless himself? How did you man? That was. Uh, you you have a, a hater section of the show that's incredible yeah i mean every everybody everybody has teams that they hate on players that they hate on come on audrey don't don't lie to me you have a player that you absolutely cannot stand probably of course absolutely i got a couple <laughs> well who are they well i mean i think i got some pretty obvious ones i got you know draymond money green not doing so great uh i'm not a big fan of kevin durant uh, Kyrie Irving's on my shit list for reasons that many know. Uh, obviously, I hate Patrick Beverly. That man, I can't stand him. He's, he's annoying as hell, and he seems to show up everywhere. I don't care that he's a hard worker or scrappy player or whatever. He'll forever be a little clown for that celebration after winning that play-in game. Truly and really. So, yeah, I mean, they, I can I can talk about people I hate all the time, but hating on LeBron, that's easy, man. You can go to a reply of any tweet, and you see two things. Young boy better. LeBron sucks ass. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know who young boy is. So, uh, we'll, don't ask. We'll, don't we'll, ask. We'll, we'll, we'll leave that one 
uh, for the internet gods. That shows you how unhip and and frankly uneducated I am. Ethan, any players you absolutely cannot stand right now? Um, that's a tough one. I mean, listen, as a Warrior fan, they beat everybody, so it's it's just hard to to develop a true hatred for somebody. Uh, going back to my teenage years, I mean, it's always was Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Those are the two guys that I've never been a big fan of. And I guess that continues to this day, but Westbrook doesn't need any, any more people hating on him. He's already at the, at the trash bin, bottom of the barrel right now. So, Aramis, any players that, that you just can't, that you're not messing with these days? Well, it's like your classic, like Ethan said, um, Westbrook is – terrible but you know what i'm saying there's already a plenty of people on the internet saying that uh james harden's kind of silly but i'm gonna go with the perfect um who's that guy oh my gosh you guys probably know as jazz fans who's that guy that center that just got traded to the wolves whatever his name is yeah that guy kind of mm, i don't know man all all defense no 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 being able to catch a ball and make a layup over somebody that's six feet tall so yeah not a big fan of rudy gobert not gonna lie to you now, a real hater forgets his name on purpose. That's a real hater right there. Respect. He's trolling, by the way. This man loves and respects Rudy Gobert. I, 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 almost, I almost had to prompt him and give him the answer before I realized he was making a little joke. <laughs> let, let me tell you what, what Aramis hates. Aramis hates jazz fans. He just hates jazz fans. He thinks that they're a spoiled fan base, and he doesn't, he doesn't mess with their energy. Is that, spoiled with what? Division am, season, regular season I, division titles? Am I correct in that? I don't like how everybody treated Donovan Mitchell, man. I ain't going to sugarcoat it, man. Everybody has so much anxiety. You said we don't have time for this. So let's just talk about it in another podcast where we took get our Well, class. this was more interesting. We'll, we'll, we'll cut something else out, but you got to tell we. Everybody has things. Hate drives the NBA. That's just the, the, the way it is. So what? what is it about jazz fans, especially this offseason, that you cannot stand? Fam, for a decade, everybody ever since I guess my annoyance was Mitchell, initially Mitchell. Everybody just, oh man, he's gonna get traded, he's gonna get traded. Jazz fans had themselves in a frenzy. And I'm not saying anybody here except for Eric, of course, because he is the jazziest of jazz fans. Um, I bet it's not that hey, all jazz fans ones like him. Um, they all everybody got in a frenzy about he's just gonna go to New York. Ever since, what, his second year in the league with the Jazz, going through all this stuff, doing all that he's done for the Jazz, getting them all the seeding and stuff like that. Sure, they didn't make it as far as everybody wanted them to, but ah, it is what it is. But, man, I mean, that that the way y'all turned on him, man, it just turned me off, y'all. And how much everybody said, oh, Rudy, please stay is just, nah, I'm good. I'm good on it. So I just got to say, I, I wholeheartedly agree with much of what you're saying here. And I will extend it to – not necessarily even just being jazz fans, but sports fans from the state of Utah in general seem to have that type of attitude. That's all I'm going to say. God bless us. Well, I, I disagree as one of those jazz fans. Uh, I think Donovan Mitchell did want to leave the entire time and never had really any intent on committing to. Let's move on. Let's move person. on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on indeed. All right. Let's just. Start by asking a sad question. Who in the NBA is the most likely to disappoint? Obviously, anyone can open up SB Nation or ESPN and read these headlines of, oh, look at the teams that are contending for the title. But who is going to disappoint? Who's going to be this year's Utah Jazz? Who's going to have a great regular season, show up in the playoffs, and lose in the second round. Who has expectations of title and is going to fall short? Who do you think the most disappointing team in the NBA will be? Audrey, because you rolled your eyes at that question, I'm going to go to you first. You're muted. I think. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think... The Nets are easy to jump to mind for for failure or for disappointments. Um, I mean, it all, it's all there. You got the drama. You have the lack of respect between the front office and the players. I don't know if Steve Nash is a real coach. Um, does Kyrie Irving play any basketball this year? Uh, so I think it's 
it's an expectation. And then it's on an individual player level, I think Anthony Davis is my answer here as well. I think the fact that just about anybody who, if you see him play this year and he gets injured six to eight weeks, you're going to be like, yeah, that sounds about right. And the fact that we've gotten that expectation with him over the past five years, it just, I, I don't know where this, I mean, he made the NBA top 75 players of all time list, but he can't stay on the floor. So I don't know how, like, at what point does that become more meaningful than what he has done on the floor? Anthony Data Davis. Data Davis. Anthony Street Clothes Davis. Ooh, yeah. The Lakers are an interesting choice. I wonder about a team, and I know what you guys are going to do immediately. You're going to say, oh, it's because he's a Jazz fan. It's not that, I promise. I wonder what you guys think about a team like the Minnesota Timberwolves, who have a lot of good, promising pieces that are very young, that are are ready to go, that, uh, you know, look from the outside – like they are a team that's absolutely going to contend for a top four seed in the Western Conference. But I would contend there are some unknowns. Who knows how good Anthony Edwards will be in this regular season? He's a very good player. We've established that, but can he take it to that next level? How will the rotation of Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert work out? Are they going to play at the same time on the floor? Are they going to move Cat to the four? And, and play Rudy at the five? Are they going to switch them in and out depending on where they're at defensively? Aramis, do you think it's crazy to think that maybe the Timberwolves are a team that disappoint this year? Well, it's really hard to disappoint when you're at the basement of the NBA. I mean, this last year was their first time in the playoffs in, since, oh my gosh, since I'm, oh yeah, Jimmy Butler was there trying to, trying to win them games and all that stuff. But uh, I don't know, man. I don't, I think if they make it into the playoffs, they could be happy to be honest with you. And that's, maybe that's me being low on the Timberwolves because I don't believe in their talent. And I don't believe in them as a franchise, but that's kind of, I don't think they will be the most disappointing team in the league. I'll say that. Okay. Ethan, thoughts on the Timberwolves this year? I think the Wolves are going to be a very good regular season team. Now, the playoffs are a different question. It's a different animal when you get into the NBA playoffs. But the Wolves, I mean, the trade for Gobert, a lot of people argue they gave up too much. I'm not going to get into that here. But what I will tell you is that the Utah Jazz, you know, all of you should know this, the Jazz were a regular season winning machine for the past couple of years. And I would argue that was mostly fueled by Gobert rather than Mitchell. I think, you know, the combination of that, those two together, obviously they made a pretty good regular season team, but I think you take Gobert off the jazz roster, put him with Minnesota. They're a much deeper team than the jazz have been. They're a much more talented team at the top than the jazz have been. Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, I think is on a super superstar trajectory. Um, I think D'Angelo Russell in a contract year is going to have kind of a bounce back season. They've got a lot of good role players. I think they're going to be awesome defensively. So when it comes to the playoffs, like I said, I don't think they're necessarily going to get out of the West or go anywhere with that. But in terms of being a top three or four seed, I think that's definitely in the cards for them. Okay. That is definitely something to keep an eye on the Timberwolves this year. So with the disappointments that might potentially come on this way out of the year. Who are the teams with the highest expectations and, and the most to lose this year? Who are the teams that all year people are going to be fascinated by and saying, hey, look out for this team there in East Coast and a West Coast contender. Let, let's start in the Eastern Conference because, frankly, that's what I'm more interested in this year. Uh, the, the West is fine, but it's kind of – same old, same old. We've seen dominance from Golden State. We've seen regular season dominance from the Suns. Uh, we we understand how good the Nuggets can be potentially. Uh, but the East Coast, I, I feel like there's a ton of teams outside of Milwaukee that just haven't won it yet and, and are fighting on that verge. And I think it's going to be the better conference. So we'll start there, Ethan. Who would you say is the prohibitive favorite in the Eastern Conference? 
Prohibitive favorite. That's an interesting question. I think a lot of people are going to jump to Boston after we saw them make that finals run last year. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks. They've already won the title. Giannis is incredibly good. Chris Middleton is in a potential contract year. I think he'll have another bounce back season. Drew Holiday is still really good. They've got the depth. It's pretty much the same team as it was that won the title a couple of years ago. And if they don't get injured in the playoffs, you know, Middleton doesn't, you know, tear his MCL or whatever he did. Uh, they could potentially have been in the finals last year again. So I would go with Milwaukee. All right. What about you, Aramis? Favors. I mean, I'm going to agree with Ethan, Ethan mostly. I think that the Bucks are going to be a prohibitive favorite throughout the year. But, man, I, like I said, my favorite player is Jimmy Butler. And I do think that if the Heat can just be healthy, I don't think that I don't think that Kyle Lowry is ever going to be the Kyle Lowry of old in Toronto. But if he can just give them enough and if Bam and Tyler Hero can just evolve enough to be taking the next step in being the leaders of the heat for, for, um, for the future, then I hope that that along with Jimmy's crazy ass can um, make him take him over the top and actually get him back to a uh, conference finals over the bucks or even an NBA championship. Audrey, what, what do you think about the Philadelphia 76ers? Fair team that is going to be, Talked about a lot this year. They always have a big national spotlight on them when they're competitive, and they are competitive right now. What do, you, what, what do you think about this 76ers team and how they might shake out this year? Well, I think the Sixers this year uh, speak to something that you said earlier about teams with the most to lose and the highest expectations. I think that they are pretty high up in the most to lose category. Uh, they're making a big bet on this new iteration of the team. They, the PR team for the Sixers has been pumping out stories left and right the last week or two about how everybody's all in, about how how James Harden and Joel Embiid are all locked in, and Doc Rivers, they all have a game plan. You know, I think James Harden, like, it, everything looks really good right now, but we've seen this type of, I don't know, rhetoric attitude from him before. And if they flame out this season, you know, Harden's – 33 years old uh, on a two-year deal, you know, like he, he has been known to sour on teams in the past when things don't go just right. So I think as far as a lot to lose, I think the Sixers are definitely up there. That being said, I think they have the capability. They have the roster and the talent and hopefully after an off season of training, the cohesiveness to make a challenge, at least get to the Eastern conference finals. And I think maybe even beat the bucks to get to the finals. If it all glues together and if they can, they focused on that. I think if you get through the midseason and injuries and off the court stuff starts affecting them, I think they're a team that can fall prey really easily to that stuff based on some of the personalities in their squad. And I think you could see them either shine and have a miracle run or blow it up. Mm. The Sixers are really interesting to me. I think they're one of the teams that I'm most excited to see play this year. I, I think you're absolutely right that it is a team that could blow it up if, if they wanted to at the end of this season. And there's just a lot to lose, but I, I do think they're very, a very, very, very good team. I like the players that, that they have a lot and, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get to those here right now, actually. Once again, NBA player league, not so much a team league. We, we can learn a lot about the league by what we believe players will project as this year so three questions for us here which new face in a new place has the most to prove this year which new acquisition whether it be through trade or free agency or the draft has the most to prove this year on their new team we'll start with aramis on this one uh, most approved i think I do think that is going to be Rudy Gobert with the Timberwolves. I think that he does provide them some defense that is sorely needed. But, I mean, man, if that's all he's able to bring them, and if – I mean, they did lose a lot of their perimeter defense on the Timberwolves. I mean, Patrick Beverly, God bless his Black Air Force energy, is gone to the Lakers now. So that's going to be fun. And um, so is um, Malik Beasley, who I'm kind of high on. Shout out to the Jazz. But um, 
I mean, with them gone, I worry, I do worry with D'Angelo Russell at the helm that they're going to run into the same, possibly some similar issues that the Jazz can run into, that the Jazz ran into with him as the main guy. I mean, Carl Finney Towns really did, did peace out in that, in that, in that uh, series last year. And I, I, I do worry about Rudy Gobert being effective, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, absolutely. When you compare the the Rudy Gobert and the Donovan Mitchell trades to each other, because people tend to, I think the Rudy Gobert trade is, like you said, a, a win now trade. And I think the Donovan Mitchell trade is a lot younger of a group himself included there in Cleveland. I think they, as an organization, are telling him, look, we're not expecting you guys to win a chip this year. Let's have a couple of really great seasons, see if we can make a little bit of a playoff run. And that that's when you attract that second you know, crucial free agent star to come over to the Cavs once they prove themselves. I think they have a win in three or four years plan. I think if Rudy goes to Minnesota and they do the same old, same old first round exit, maybe make the play in, et cetera, et cetera. I think they're definitely another, another big disappointment as well. That is an interesting point on the Timberwolves. It, it does feel like Rudy Gobert has a lot to prove, though. I, I, I think you're absolutely right. There are questions about his game, obviously. Can he contribute offensively? But then you see things this summer, like him balling out for Team France, where he's hitting, like, threes occasionally, and then – which I don't think that's going to be part of his NBA game. But, like, he looks like he's developed a post game. So, who knows? Maybe all it took was a change of scenery for Rudy Gobert to become – a legitimate NBA scorer. I've heard that before about Rudy Gobert. I believe it when I see it. What do you think, Ethan? Do you think maybe Rudy has turned that that page this offseason, or it might be the same old getting our hopes up that Jazz fans are very used to? It's going to be the same old Rudy Gobert. He'll be great defensively. I just, I mean, I think it's too late in his career for him to have really developed any significant strides on an offensive bag. That would be nice, but I don't think it's even necessarily what the Wolves are emphasizing for him. They have Carl Anthony Towns for that to be their offensive center. So that's true. And speaking of Carl Anthony Towns, I don't know if any of y'all have heard about this, but he had a, from what I've heard, for what, what reports have been a serious non-COVID illness. And he lost about 20 pounds and just got the ability to walk again last week. I mean, as we know, this poor guy, his family, he himself, I think he's had COVID at least a couple of times. His family, he's had several family members pass away from COVID in the past two years. So clearly his family is uniquely susceptible to some of this stuff. And we're glad to see him walking again, but do you think that this will have a big impact on his game long-term or maybe just in the near term? And what will that do to, to the Timberwolves start of the season? And will that even affect their playoff run? I think if you lose an offensive engine as potent as he can be when he's on top of his game, that that's really going to hurt, especially like this is no, no shot, shots at him. And hopefully he did develop a post game, but especially if you're going to have to run out there with Rudy and, rely on D'Lo and Ant to produce most of your offense, especially with the type of what the expectations that they've set on themselves with this, with this trade, like y'all mentioned. So, I mean, if he can't, I mean, shooting threes ain't too bad, but running up and down the floor, having to play defense to the level that he's going to need to, I mean, that really helps, but he's still going to have to go bust his ass for some of that. And I think him, man, I didn't hear about that. But just instant reaction, him getting hurt like that, nah, not good. Not a good sign. Yeah, definitely not something positive. I had not seen that, but not 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 a great sign to not be able to walk this close to the season. I'm glad he's okay. That sounds like it was a very serious ailment. And I'm just happy he's back up and and with us still. Sounds like it it got hairy there for a second. Um, Ethan, let me ask you this question. Who will reestablish their NBA career this year? Maybe it's a player that had kind of a down year last year. Maybe it's been a few years since this player really, you know, has played at the top of their game. Maybe it's just someone that hasn't really caught on yet. Who do you think is the guy this year that, that kind of, breaks out and reestablishes what they have as their NBA career. I have a couple of names here. Uh, two guys we've already mentioned, so I'll go over them quickly. 
Both these guys are in potential contract years. Chris Middleton for the Milwaukee Bucks coming off that injury in the playoffs. I think he'll have a big season. D'Angelo Russell also in a contract year. The Wolves, I think, are going to be pretty good. I think he'll play well. The third one is interesting to me. This is Kyle Kuzma uh, to keep a, a sort of Utah tie here, former University of Utah. He had a quietly good season with the Wizards last year. It's just nobody's really paying attention to Washington, so they're kind of off the beaten path there. I think Kuzma is a potential trade candidate at the deadline with the Wizards potentially looking to tank down the stretch of the season. He was a really good piece for the Lakers in the bubble, making that title run. And Kuzma is also in a potential contract year. So I think if he ends up getting shipped to a contender at the deadline, be a guy who makes a really big for the playoffs. Mm, that's, a, that's a really interesting point. I love Kyle Kuzma, one of my favorite guys to watch, obviously being out of Utah. I, I do think that there's another level he can get to, though. He's he's always been, you know, he has the build of an NBA superstar, and it, it's just been kind of getting the consistency there from night to night. And he's shown flashes that he can take over games and, and be an absolute baller, but it, it's just about, as in most sports, it's all about consistency. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. Aramis, who do you think might reestablish themselves this year? A guy I'm really high on and I've been high on it for his entire career is uh, De'Aaron Fox. And I think the Kings organization kind of getting behind him and trading Halliburton, who might who might end up being a hell of a player himself, to Indiana. Um, them putting resources behind him, like getting Sabonis, a great player for them. Um, having having Davion Mitchell kind of level up and play another year with them. I I would like him to really come off this season and show how good old point guard he can be, man, because I really love that dude's game. Interesting. Yeah, De'Aaron Fox, always been a fun guy to watch, just speed up a wazoo. Very, very fast guy. Um, I'll, I'll be interested, you know, I'm kind of a sucker for the Kings. Every year you look at their roster and you say, wow, like, there's some promising young talent there, but every year they miss the playoffs. So, not this year, Kings. You're not tricking me once again into saying you're some sort of sleeper team. Let, let's hope De'Aaron Fox has a great year, though, of course. What about you, Audrey? Any, anyone that, that you're interested in this year that has been a little bit down recently? Absolutely. Uh, Jamal Murray making his return. The other night, we saw a game between the Nuggets uh, and the Trailblazers, I believe. Damian Lillard back for the first time in a long time. We got Jamal Murray back for the first time in a long time. Jamal hadn't played in over 500 days, and it felt great to see him play basketball again. I'm glad that he's going to be back in the regular season spotlight. He's going to be back among the conversation as some of the best players in the league. I think people, with how, just how much basketball's happened between now and then, people forget about those incredible duels that he and Donovan Mitchell had in the bubble sometimes. But we've seen flashes of this guy being an absolute superstar, and I am super excited for his return especially with the continued development of Nikola Jokic and the rest of the Nuggets getting deeper, better, more connected. And I think the Nuggets are absolutely underrated uh, for a Western Conference Finals appearance this year. Yeah, the Nuggets are just going to be a really interesting team to track this year. Always been kind of a fan of them being so close by proximity. I think that that's one of the weirdest rivalries in sports is the Jazz Nuggets rivalry because it's not a real rivalry. It's just like really weird and and not not super great. But I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, as someone from this part of the country, the Nuggets are going to be one of my secondary teams this year for sure. But I, I just really hope they're good. And, and obviously with all the other Colorado teams I root for, ho hoping they can play well this year. All right, I want to finish up our player discussion and then we can get to some final predictions and then get out of here. And we might we might get out of here under an hour, which would be great. And we, we, we would have covered a lot. But who is the next household name in the NBA? And I'm talking about me as a fan. I'm a very casual NBA fan. I'm not, you know, Tyrese Halliburton. I've heard the name. Don't know anything about his game. Haven't really watched him. But, you know, De'Aaron Fox, kind of the same thing. Some of these names we've brought up tonight. But who is a name that's not there right now, that by the end of the year is a feature of the ESPN showcases they're getting talked about on first take, you know, basically players that by the end of the playoffs, 
you know, my dad, who's a casual sports fan who watches one or two games of the NBA finals is going to be able to look and say, oh, hey, that that player's pretty good. Let me just give you mine. And, and this will knock out one of this, um, one of our, our next segment too a little bit. Tyrese Maxey for me is just a guy that I think has all the makings of a potential superstar plays for a huge market in the 76ers is a really valuable player to their team had a good playoffs last year really fell in love with his game I'm a big fan of what he does I think he could have a big enough season where we're talking about him as a potential MVP candidate and especially if the Sixers are as good as people think they can be this year he's going to be a huge part of that so I think Tyrese Maxey for me is is one of those guys. What what about you, Audrey? And and what do you think about the Tyrese Maxey pick and and thought? I like Tyrese a lot. I think he's a great player, and I think he's elevated even higher by a pretty great system they've got there in Philadelphia. Um, I don't know as far as household names go. I think Zion Williamson comes to mind. I really like that as a as an idea. I think he's. For, I mean, even slightly involved NBA fans, he's already there, but I think he has the unique combination of the brandable personality and a team that, frankly, is on the rise like the Pelicans are. Um, you know, for as many flaws as the Phoenix Suns had, they they were still the number one seed, and those, and those Pelicans gave him an absolute run for it. And uh, that was completely without Zion. So I think with the continued improvement of Jose Alvarado, Brandon Ingram, I mean, you've got C.J. McCollum down there, like the – do not sleep on the Pelicans. They are a fantastic team. Uh, and I think Zion is going to be the face of that team this year. Uh, and it's going to be a pretty, uh, a fan favorite story if they can manage to sneak into like even like a six seed. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think that's definitely a, a good point. Zion's already, you know, as a person who's a huge fan of college basketball, Zion's so close to being there already. I would say most casual sports fans know who he is, but if he ever took off and the Pelicans ever made a run, he would absolutely be like front page news and like a, a guy that would be a new face of the league right up there with guys like LeBron and Giannis and, and players like that. Ethan, what about you? Any, any players that you, you think might break out this year into this superstar echelon that's held for so few? Yeah, I have a I have a couple. Um, you mentioned Tyrese Halliburton really quickly. I think he's awesome. I think he's going to be the face of the Pacers for many years to come. I'll quickly hit on a couple of these. Jordan Poole, I have to give my Warriors love here. Um, he's going to be the face of the franchise once Steph Curry retires. They're going to extend him this week. He's going to have another awesome season. And he kind of already is a household name after winning the title and getting punched in the face by Draymond Green. So that's a good one. And then a couple of other really young guys um, that I think are going to have breakout years, not necessarily maybe playoff type impact guys, because they're still so young on some pretty bad teams. But I'll go with the number one overall pick from this past season, Paolo Bancaro. I think he's going to have a great rookie year. I'll go with Josh Giddy of the OKC Thunder. I loved him coming out of the draft, had a very solid rookie season. And uh, I think he's going to play a really big role for a Thunder team that, you know, probably is not going to be very good this season, but is definitely on the rise within the coming years. And uh, I'll give you one more. Evan Mobley is going to have a great season. The Cavaliers, I think, are underrated, especially after the Mitchell move. Evan Mobley is a defensive player of the year type potential player. Wow. That's high praise for a USC legend, Evan Mobley. I had a lot of fun watching those USC teams in the tournament. They were quite good. What about you, Aramis? Man, I was going to say like half of those players Ethan said, but he already got to them. So, man, I don't know. I really – I'm a big fan of Paulo, man. I'm a big fan of Paulo Benchero and what he can bring to the Orlando Magic. Um, But I guess to – I guess to bring up a different name, I think – uh, so we're talking about household names that are good from the NBA next season. Um, I think that a household name that's going to come by a lot of people is going to be. Um, oh, yeah. Victor Wembyama when their teams win too many goddamn games to get them and make the play. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think people are going to see this French freak, which they already kind of saw him. And people are going to be real. Dis a lot of NBA homes are going to be real disappointed that they couldn't even 
sniff the top pick. He's looking great. I'm very excited that this is the tank year for my Spurs. I really hope we get Webby on it. I mean, the last time the Spurs tanked this hard, they uh, drafted Tim Duncan in 97 or 98. Yeah, that's well, going to be just, the funnest thing. That's just, like, um, that's just the NBA is right. You know, the NBA sees that and they say, oh, how can we keep a small market team like the Utah Jazz down? Oh, might as well just gift Victor Wembanyama to the San Antonio Spurs. Are you, I'm oh. sorry. Are you calling the San Antonio Spurs a big market team? Famously big market. San yeah. Antonio. Super. Yeah. National sexy San Antonio NBA, Spurs. NBA, like black and gray uh, uniforms and are like 85 points a game average with like teamwork and defense being our two coolest things. Like, NBA come on, loves propping up the Spurs. NBA no, this, they the hate propping up the Spurs. Every time fucking every time the Spurs make the finals, Adam Silver or Davis Stone, whoever the fuck, bangs his head against the wall because they'd rather have the Lakers or the Knicks or anybody or the Clippers or the Hawks or literally anybody in a giant media market. Nobody watches the fucking Spurs. And when they do, Pop just sits everybody to rest them just for the hell of it anyway. Like, you cannot possibly be making this argument that the Spurs are somehow a big, flashy, showy, annoying team. The only reason I've talked about so much is because they've won five titles in the last 20 years. Exactly. <laughs> they want to keep they want to keep their great franchises great. They may know the leagues better when the Spurs are better, and they don't want to see Utah be good. They never they they don't they want to see Utah down. That was the case. Hey, the New York Knicks would be in the Eastern Conference Finals every goddamn year. We're, we're getting too much into tinfoil hat territory. This it's is true. this is going poorly. Pull us back, <laughs> Ethan. All right. Well, I still believe that because I am a conspiracy theorist at heart. But we can we can move on. Um, Let's let's get to predictions. And Audrey, I'm gonna let you take over here because you have some odds for us. I think odds are very interesting. Uh let's start in the Western Conference. Who are the top four odds teams to win the wet to win the Western Conference? I'm glad you asked. Yeah, because usually for this, I for these podcasts, I try to look at the standings to make predictions on the end of the season. So since we are still in the uh preseason, let's do some odds. I think top four, uh, we had Golden State Warriors uh, with a their plus 300. Uh, and then the Clippers shortly thereafter at 325. Suns 450 and then the Lakers. So it's it's right down to the, the usual fellas. I think the Clippers being ranked second is interesting there. Uh, yeah. I would love to hear your thoughts on that, Aramis. Yeah, I'd like to just ask the group a question. Is this just because, you know, betting numbers are influenced by the public. Is this the public just getting sucked into the LA market? Because we know how bad the Lakers can be if things go wrong. We, we don't need to rehash that out. But I do think the Clippers are an interesting team. Obviously, Kawhi Leonard is really, really good. But when was the last time Kawhi Leonard actually played a fully healthy NBA season? Like, you have he dragged the Raptors to the finals in 2019. Yeah, like you have to start kind of asking these questions like the Clippers, for as good as they are, are almost never healthy. They have two of the most injury prone superstars in the entire league. Does it still make sense for them to have that low of an odd of odds to come out of a Western Conference? To me, that's as a better. That's a terrible bet to make because the odds aren't great. And you don't know what's going to happen with Kawhi and Paul George. What do you think, Ethan? The Clippers, I mean, since they've this iteration of the Clippers has been together, what have we seen them do? We saw them blow a 3-1 lead in the bubble to the Denver Nuggets. And then we saw the Kawhi get injured the very next year. And, uh, yeah, they did pull off that crazy upset against the Jazz without Kawhi Leonard. Let's remind the table of that, of course. Uh, and then the year after that, Kawhi, Kawhi's been hurt since then, right? That was the torn ACL. He missed the rest of that playoffs and, and this past year. So, like you said, Eric, Kawhi's just never healthy, especially at this point in his career. He's only getting older. The Clippers, if they do stay healthy and stay together, I think this is the deepest roster they've had since acquiring uh, Kawhi and Paul George. Like they could absolutely go all the way if they do stay healthy, but for me, that's just too too big of a bet to make on the health of two superstars who have had injury issues and are now you know closer to thirty five than they are to twenty five. What do you think, Aramis? 
And I don't trust any team that has L.A. in their name this season, bro. They're all going to suck. I don't know what else to tell you, man. The Clippers should be good, and I was going to have them in my top teams in the Western Conference, but then I remembered that they don't like to – They both uh, the Clippers superstars like to play an Anthony Davis NBA schedule, and then, like, that kind of went out the window, man. They just – if they're going to be hurt the whole season, then they don't stand a chance. But if, if Kawhi can stay healthy and, I mean – maybe just get the injuries out of the way in the beginning of the season so they can make a run at the playoffs. That would be helpful. But, no, nah, man, I don't, I don't buy the Clippers. Not at all. Well, so since we, you're so low on L.A. teams, then what do you think about the Lakers being ranked the fourth best odds to win the Western Conference above the Nuggets, Grizzlies, Mavs, T-Wolves? Do you think that's where they should be? Hell no. Of course not, man. Uh, yo. Okay, so the Lakers, like, it's just because LeBron's there. God bless him. He can drag him into the play-in, which is going to be nice. Um, Anthony Davis, I, I did have it written down in my notes about one of the cent- one of the things um, who's going to, uh, like, uh, most approve in a new place. I had Anthony Davis and health together because that has not been seen since 2020 in the bubble, and I'm pretty sure that layup, like, I don't know, I don't know. Conspiracy time, I guess I'm pretty sure that layoff helped him be healthy for that playoff run. Um, if it was just a regular season like this, there's no evidence whatsoever that claim that supports him being able to show up for these games, man. So I don't I don't buy nothing in LA, especially because especially the Lakers, because they got um Westbrook and that's all I'm gonna say. Uh, Ethan, Ethan, your thoughts. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I was just gonna ask Ethan. We've established we don't really buy BLA teams. We kind of think they're paper tigers. Who are the other two teams outside of, you know, the Warriors and the Suns that you could see competing for the top of the Western Conference? Um, I think you have to give some respect to the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, They had a great year last season, awesome regular season. And I'll tell you, as a Warriors fan, the Grizzlies were the team that struck the most fear in my heart during that playoff run, more so than Boston, more so than Denver, um, more so than the Mavericks by far. Uh, The Grizzlies really gave the Warriors a scare there. They're built to beat really good teams. They've got a lot of young talent. They're awesome defensively, stars on the rise with John Morant, Desmond Bain guys like that. So I think you have to give some respect to Memphis. Uh, and then we talked about earlier, I know some of you guys are lower on the Timberwolves, but I really think Minnesota is going to have a really good year this season. Um, and uh, they're going to, they're going to put themselves in the mix to potentially win the conference. And that's without mentioning Denver who finally is healthy and Jokic is one of the best players in the world. So. so do you think Minnesota deserves to be higher than the eighth best odds to win the Western conference, which is where Vegas has them sitting right now? Absolutely. Higher than eighth. Absolutely. All right, well, who do you move then? Who's Who goes down? Then so can, can, you, can you read off the odds for me then? Absolutely. Top so eight? Golden State, uh, Clippers, Suns, Lakers at the four, and then Nuggets at the five, Grizzlies at the six, Mavericks at the seven, and then the Timberwolves at the eight. So Grizzlies, Mavericks, Nuggets, Lakers ahead of them. I'd, I'd move Memphis ahead of the Lakers for sure. I'd move them ahead of Dallas. I'd move them ahead of the Suns. Um that's probably, I mean, I, I put them right about on par with the Grizzlies and the Clippers in that range. All right. So you have the the Grizzlies at your third spot, I guess, your third best odds, uh, followed right after by the Timberwolves. Sure. All right. I like it. What do you think, Aramis? What do you think about that take? Um, I mean, nah, man, I'll go. I don't got nothing for that. But I did want to ask you about some odds. I wanted to ask you where the Pelicans were sitting at. Absolutely. The Pelicans are sitting at – they are just beneath the Timberwolves at the ninth best odds, just above the Blazers at the 10th, who are just above the Jazz at 11. I'm – see, I'm – Whoa, the Jazz have the 11th best odds in the Western Jazz Cup. have better sure. odds than oh, the sure. – so the uh, the Thunder, Kings, Rockets, and Spurs are all sitting at the bottom four with a 1 to 25,000 odds of winning the Western Conference. Uh, the Jazz are one to ten thousand odds, so better, but, but still pretty ass. I, I know, but like the Thunder and the Kings have considerably better rosters than the Utah Jazz do. Jazz Jazz held on to some of their veterans. Remember, I mean, remember, this isn't this isn't seeds either. This is odds to win the conference, and so I think I think, I, I think odds to make the playoffs for Jazz should be eleven, not you know win the Western Conference. Yeah, I don't know. 
they, they got closer than any of those other teams the last 15 years. So maybe that's the tiebreaker. Interesting. Barring the Spurs, of course. Very interesting. Let's talk about the Eastern Conference. What, what do we got there? So our top three in the Eastern Conference, uh, and these are a little bit closer than the Western Conference, uh, the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Nets. So right now Vegas has a finals rematch, Warriors-Celtics. Uh, it's got Boston, Milwaukee, the Brooklyn. I thought Brooklyn in the third spot above the Sixers, the Heat, were interesting. And then I think uh, what's a really interesting pick here is they have the Cavs in the sixth best odds to win above Raptors, Hawks, Bulls, Knicks, Hornets, Wizards. Do you think that is too high, too low, or just right of a spot for them to be in, Ethan? Cleveland should be higher. I have them in my top four. Um, I'm I'm very high on the Cavs. I think this roster is full of young, talented stars. People are too low on Darius Garland. I mentioned Evan Mobley already. I think he's already awesome. Uh, Mitchell is just going to be you know, the guy to potentially push them over the top. Like you were kind of talking about earlier, they kind of have a longer term outlook, right? They're not necessarily looking, looking to contend within, you know, the next one or two years, but they have all their guys signed long-term. They're all under 25. This is going to be a really good team within a couple of years. And I think they're going to surprise people as soon as this season. I, yeah, I believe, I, I agree that they're absolutely long-term going to be a great team to look out for. I just don't know if it's, if it merits the six beds odds now, or if in your estimation, if you move them up to yours, cause they're in the sixth spot right now, if you want them in your top four, you know, that's above the Sixers and the heat at this point. And that's uh, yeah. a hard, that's a hard switch uh, to find myself making against some more consistent players. Aramis, what do you think about that? Well, personally, I guess I, I think I, I'm a little bit higher on Cleveland and the pl- type players that they have. I'm not sure if it'll be this season or if it'll be next season. I'm a little bit higher on them than I am the Sixers, if I'm being honest. I love Embiid and I love Maxi as Eric clearly, clearly had him on the podcast for a reason. I was talking about him for a reason, but um, I just I just am a bigger fan of what they got going on with um, I love Mobley and Jared Allen, a really amazing player that I mean maybe could have helped Brooklyn if there wasn't a dumpster fire of an organization over there. Um, but I guess one thing, so the Celtics are the, the top for the East. Yeah. That's right. Like, I just want to ask everybody, I guess, how, how is that possible? How, how do you guys think that's possible? Do you think that that's right? Cause I, there's no, I just disagree. I think incumbency bias is playing a little bit into it. I think the fact that they were just there, we haven't seen any regular season basketball yet to, to prove what we all are assuming that they're falling apart, what with the year-long suspension of their head coach, Ime Udoka, for an inappropriate relationship with a co-worker. Uh, you've got Robert Williams is going to miss some time. Uh, Jalen Brown has some weird anti-vax stuff over the summer. It was not a great offseason for the Boston Celtics. I'll let me tell you that right there. Um, but yeah, they're still the odds-on favorites to win. I don't know if they belong in that top spot, but honestly, I mean, I, I can't take them out the top three with what they were able to accomplish last season, uh, despite similar challenges even. Because remember, they sucked in the first half of that season last year, and it was New Year's New Year's Eve. I was at the uh, the the Suns at Celtics in Boston, visiting some family, and they beat the hell out of the Suns. And from there, from that point on, they won almost every game in the second half of their season, and they made a, a dream finals run. So, I think they know how to fight through adversity with this this current squad, and I think that's why they they're still at that top number one spot right there. Now, Audrey, I, I agree that they did fight back through a lot of adversity, but I guess um, this is my overall question with the Celtics. Can you um, can you trade Isaiah Thomas and cheat on Neil Long within the same franchise and have any chance of doing anything positive, at least for the next decade? They need to be cursed. Ethan, yeah, the karma thoughts? the karma is definitely working against them. We'll have to see if Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum can uh, can out outperform karma in this one but yeah. yeah you can't cheat on Neil Long and expect to have the public's backing you so you better at least be damn good at basketball the Celtics are going to be good like you were talking about it's tough to take them out the top three in the east but I wouldn't have them as the favorite I mean I already talked about this I think the Bucks are definitely the favorite in that conference um there's a couple other teams I think I'd take over the Celtics too they're going to be good they're going to be tough to beat in the playoffs but uh I just don't know if I see the finals upside for them again gotcha well, some more odds I've got for us uh, is the MVP race. Now, we've talked a lot of tonight about how the NBA is a player's league. It's not a team league. And while I tend to disagree with that, in some ways, it's certainly true in the whole. Uh, so let's talk about the most important personal accolade MVPs. Uh, now, the just some history for y'all. Uh, the last, you know, 
three years, we've had two Nikola Jokic, or last four years, two Jokic, two Antetokounmpo back-to-back. So the odds are definitely in the favors of the big fellas. Let me pull up these MVP odds. Uh, before I read out the odds, do we have any predictions on who's the odds-on favorite to win MVP this year? The favorite is probably going to be Luka. That's what I'm betting. But, like, I think that Steph, shout-out to Ethan, is going to really make a case this year to – win it back. Everybody loves him. Everybody would love to see him win it again. And I think him being the the guy on a Warriors team, I mean, despite punches being thrown, if they're a good team, I mean, he has a, he's going to have an amazing case to win it this year. Absolutely. What about you, Ethan? Who's your, who's your favorite or who do you think is going to be the favorite versus who do you think should be the favorite? Well, like Aramis said, I would assume that Luca is up there. He wouldn't be my favorite. I think that they're going to have Jokic and Giannis both up in the top three again, considering that both of them have, like you said, have just won back to back. Um, And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think Steph Curry will be up there. I think Jason Tatum will be up there. That's my prediction. Gotcha. So, yeah, so uh, one thing I, I was surprised by getting into these odds is they've got Steph at the seventh place spot, uh, just going into that. Uh, so just like the MVP race most year, we got three uh, favorites at the top, a little bit of a gap, and then the rest of the field. So our top, our number three uh, highest odds, virtually tied with number two, we have Giannis and Joel Embiid are tied uh, at, at 500 and 550, so just right next to each other. And then just above them, again, another 50 points, uh, Luka Doncic. So it's Luka, Embiid, and Giannis, uh, but they're all neck and neck. And then a bit of a gap, and then it goes uh, Kevin Durant, and then Jokic, and then Tatum, and then Steph Curry, which I thought was interesting. Uh, what what are, what are y'all's reactions to that? Does that sound like the right top three to you, Luka, Embiid, and Nantesukumpo? I'm not going to lie. I think Embiid should be on a tear this season. I mean – he kind of, I mean, everybody, he, at least from what I, least from like seeing clips on MVP and the stuff I've seen on like uh, Instagram or whatnot, from Stephen A. Smith to the GOAT of NBA coverage, like Embiid should have been a favorite. Embiid was one of the favorites to win the MVP. And I think him not winning is going to motivate him to go crazy this year. Gotcha. I am a little bit low on the Sixers. Um, I think they'll be good, not great. I mean, it is a regular season award, so we'll see where their seating ends up, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm just not sure that I can justify an Embiid pick. I know he's been close the past couple of years, but he was beat out by Jokic and Giannis for good reason. And uh, I think both of those guys are going to do similar, if not better, than what they have been doing the past couple of years. So I just don't know if I see a way for Embiid to really get his way in there and get over the top. Absolutely. And, and you know, it absolutely, you're absolutely right. It is a regular season award. As much as people tend to, when they look back on the season as a whole, include the playoffs, the regular season is definitely where the MVP case is made. So that being said, let's get down to it. What do we think? You know, we'll go Western Conference first and then Eastern Conference. Our top maybe three or four, or I guess let's, let's do this, excuse me. Western Eastern Conference finals matchups. Who do you have in each one? Who do you have going on to the finals? And finally, who do you have winning it all? Uh, let's start, Ethan. Who do you got? Okay, that's a tough question. I'll start in the Eastern Conference. Um, I'll go with the Milwaukee Bucks, like I've established. I think they're the clear-cut best team in the conference, and I picked them to win it. Um, As far as who they're going against, all this depends on how the standings shake out. But I guess I'll go with the Boston Celtics coming out on the other side, and I'll take the the Bucks to get their revenge and head to the NBA Finals. Uh, And then jumping back over to the West, I'll go, of course, with my beloved Golden State Warriors in the conference finals. I think they'll be able to make it there again, assuming this drama with Raymond Green is not going to tear the locker room apart. I guess that's TBD on that. But I'll go with the Golden State Warriors, um, and and I'll take a rematch against the Memphis Grizzlies. I don't know why. I'm just feeling the Grizzlies to to make another deep run in the playoffs, and I'll go with the Warriors to best them again so we'll get a a Golden State-Milwaukee final. Listen, let me jump in here. Um, I like what you have in the West. Personally, I like I like Memphis a lot, but I really do think that there's a shot Nikola Jokic wins the MVP again. I, I do think that that could happen, that we're talking about potentially a generational player that needs to be put 
in the conversation as one of the greatest centers of all time. You think and that translates to a title? I I don't know, but I think the Nuggets and the Warriors play each other. I'd, I'd still t- I'd still give the edge to the Warriors. I just think they've been there before. They have the experience. Steph is a great playoff player, and they're a great playoff team. They have a great playoff coach. I think they'll get to the title again. And then in the East, you know, I think it's the Bucks because Giannis is still the best player in the world. And I do think it's the 76ers. I just think this is the year that in the playoffs, Joel Embiid, really shows up and shows out. And I think the Sixers get to the finals this year. I just think, and, and, and I know people are up and down on Harden. I've been up and down on Harden throughout his career, but I do think there's a chance that he can settle into a new role as not the star guy, but as, you know, a little bit of a role player that can come off the bench, you know, that can give you between 15 and 20 points a night. and be a solid defensive player and just contribute enough leadership wise and put some of the silly stuff he's been doing for the last few years to the side and get it together to go win a title for himself finally. So I, I, I like the, I really like the Sixers this year. Yeah. I think I have to agree with you there. I think the Sixers make my Eastern conference finals uh, alongside the Milwaukee Bucks. I think the Celtics, I think uh, what the group's been saying this whole time, I think you're spot on the Celtics. Uh, they've had a way too much shakeup this offseason to make it that that far again. I think we see uh, the Bucks Sixers. I think the Sixers finally get it together. They've had a whole year to get the chemistry right uh, between Harden and Embiid. Uh, and I see, honestly, I see the Bucks going back to the finals. I think they have the pedigree to prove it. I think uh, it's going to be a close series, but they come out on top. My Western Conference is a little bit more funky. Um, I'm I'm gonna have to go just for controversy's sake. Uh, Clippers Grizzly or excuse me, Clippers Nuggets. I think it's gonna be a tumultuous year. We're gonna have a lot of return. I think I think this the story of the Western Conference this year is coming back from injuries. Jamal Murray, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George to an extent. These guys are gonna come back, and I think I think they're gonna rebound better than than maybe some folks think they will. Uh, and I'm excited to see what we have in the Western Conference this year. As always, packed as hell. Aramis, take us home. Who's in your Eastern Western Conference finals? So for the Eastern Conference, I'm going to say pretty consistent. I got the I got the Milwaukee Bucks going up against the Miami Heat. Uh, going to be seven games of trying to kill each other straight up. Um, and I'm going to have the Bucks going over because, I mean, Giannis is the freak, man. He's the best player in the NBA. And I think a – It'll, I think he's just going to be a little bit too much for Miami to handle. On the Western Conference side, I'm going to go kind of funky as well, man. And this is some out there shit. Um, I'm going to go Golden State, of course, which isn't very out there. Um, and then I'm going to go with the Pelicans, man. I think if – Oh. Yeah, yeah, some all out right. there shit. I, I don't think, hate that take at all. I do not no, hate that at all. it's not the worst. It's not the worst. I think if Zion can be – I think Zion looks like he's really going to be on his shit, and I wouldn't want to – um, be on the receiving end of any of his and his shenanigans coming down the lane. Um, him, Brandon Ingram being able to take care of that, um, take care of the shooting in the clutch moments, man. CJ McCollum just being a pro and being being there before. I think they're gonna give the Warriors a run for their money, but ultimately it will be a Warriors versus um Bucks finals. With I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and give the nod to the Milwaukee Bucks taking down the dynasty to give Giannis his second impressive championship. Hey, I love that. Love that Pelicans pick, though. I mean, they've got Steven Adams. They've got Jose Alvarado. Like, they, yeah. they are a deep lot, team. Right, a lot of people players. forget that they, they pushed a very good Suns game, a very good Suns team, a very competitive six games. Like, Absolutely. every single one of those games came down to the last few seconds of the fourth quarter. Like, it, it was – and they didn't have Zion Williams. I'm so a Suns think, fan, and I really I think, there was some moments there where I thought that they, I thought the Suns were going to lose that series. I, I yeah. think that they're what just well coached as well, so I, I like that pick a lot. All right, well, thank you all for joining me. This has been a fun time, per usual. We will be back. I looked at the calendar, probably like the first week of November, um, to talk about what we've seen in the NBA through 10 games, talk about some of the biggest storylines there and just uh, 
continue to have some general nonsense in our lives. So thank you all so much for joining me. This has been a ton of fun, and we will see you all next time.